you are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 153 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's show, the A's may have a new minor league affiliate, and what are the chances that the A's trade for Francisco Lindor? I know it's a long shot, but I'm going to throw you guys a scenario in which it could happen. So stay tuned for that one. That's coming up in the second segment. But uh, before I get into today's show, please follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. I want to make these mailbags much more frequent because uh, I don't know what to talk about during no baseball offseason times. I haven't done this one yet. So uh, I did no baseball through most of July, from January to July, and now I'm like, I don't know, I had baseball to talk about. So, uh, yeah, uh, mailbags, th- those are my solution to all of this. Um, also, our show today is brought to you guys by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On. that is one word, Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. So, let's get into today's show. Uh, th- there were reports that the A's could be switching one of their affiliates in A-Ball, not sure which one yet, I'll, I'll get into that here in just a second, but going from one of their affiliates in either Beloit or Vermont and switching them over to Vancouver, which is on the west coast of Canada. That's just above us. If you go up to Seattle, you start seeing, uh, you know, the north uh, highway signs and it says Vancouver. And I always thought that was really cool because uh, I'm used to like Sacramento or something. Vancouver just seems cooler than Sacramento. No offense, shots fired. Um, So the A's had their A-ball affiliate in Vancouver for 10 years from uh, 2000 to 2010. And as I just said, this move would make it so that they would have another affiliate on the West Coast. They would add that to uh, Las Vegas, which is pretty close, and Stockton, which is also pretty close. So you're consolidating where your minor league affiliates are. And uh, I think that that's better for scouting your own guys. I think that it makes it easier to, you know, move them around and all that stuff. You know, promote them if you feel like it. So uh, I, I do like the idea of having one in Vancouver. That would be a plus. Uh, the expectation is also that with the contraction expected in the minor leagues that Vancouver would become a full season affiliate so they would not be a short season affiliate anymore uh, like they have been in the past this would mean they'd be going from a 76 game season to a 140 game season that's a lot more games better for the community in Vancouver also worse for whoever gets contracted but we're not talking about that right now Uh, the Vancouver Canadians that's the name of the baseball team over there uh, their team president Andy Dunn has said that the club has not been informed of any affiliation changes to this points and according to the province, which is uh, where I found most of this information. It was reported in a lot of places, but uh, I'm not familiar with Canadian news, so I don't know if the province is a great place or if it's like TMZ, uh, but I'm going with it because they seem to have quotes from people, and I found that credible. So, the province. Uh, They also noted that uh, Major League Baseball could be waiting until after the World Series to make things official, so it's not like it's definite, but it also seems as though the wheels are in motion like that. Uh, Susan Slusser reported on it as well, but she had some caveats on hers. These guys seem to be a little bit more uh, in tune just because it's their team. So I'm going with uh, whatever their gut feel is. Uh, Both the A's Vermont affiliate and the Beloit affiliate were listed on Baseball America's cut list, quote unquote cut list. 
when contraction talk was running rampant last offseason, and uh, that that list appears to be fluid, so whether or not they are both on the list or if one of them has been removed or what's going on with that uh, is unknown at this point. We'll definitely find out a little bit more as the offseason progresses. Well, you know, once the offseason officially starts after the World Series, obviously. Uh, would the A's be switching from Vermont to Vancouver and then contracting their Beloit squad? That's a that's a possibility. I think that you... I, I don't know, but that's a possibility. Um, there is certainly going to be a lot more to this story, and I'll definitely keep you guys updated as it develops. There's a lot of unknowns and, uh, you know, just guesstimation work at this point. So that is the news right now. The A's could be moving one of their affiliates to Vancouver, making it a full-season team, and uh, going from there. I doubt that they're going to be changing their name from the Canadians because... Or Canadian... No, it's Canadians, not Canadians, like uh, Montreal. But anyways, that's uh, that's what I got on that. But I also want to talk really briefly about the A's announcement that there will be fans in the stands in 2021. You got a bunch of A's news coming out today. And, uh, you know, I was going to talk about the World Series, but now I'm going to do a special episode talking about what Ma- Rob Manfred said before the World Series and then the World Series itself. So uh, I might record a second episode a little bit later here, but I wanted to get this out to you guys first because uh, it's it's A's news. A's news coming at you. Um, basically, so their statement, uh, the A's statement regarding fans in the stands is as follows. The Oakland A's extend their gratitude to Governor Gavin Newsom, not only for his leadership through the uncharted waters of a pandemic, but also for his determined approach to creating a framework that allows fans to return to the Oakland Coliseum for the 2021 season. We will continue to work with the state and local health officials to implement and adhere to plans designed to protect the health and safety of our fans, players, employees, and beloved community. So, uh, Nice statement. I put it on our Instagram. It's there if you want to read it for yourself, because, you know, my reading is fantastic <laughs> and also very quick. Um, so, yeah, there that's the statement. And uh, if I'm being honest, there wasn't much in the statement other than some pandering to Governor Newsom, which, you know, you, you got to do sometimes, I guess. They did spend one of two paragraphs pandering. So, you know, whatever. Uh, maybe they're going to get some uh future favors from that pandering we'll see and uh then also there was the announcement that they're gonna let some fans in in some capacity in 2021 so uh that that's the big news from the statement and uh it was also announced on tuesday that the santa clara 49ers could have fans in the stands this season filling up levi stadium to 20 percent capacity or roughly 13,600 fans uh, they have a much bigger place than the a's so they have a lot more fans they can get in through the turnstiles uh so that is it roughly operating on a 20 percent capacity what does that mean for the a's uh I'm just going to go with if the same holds true for baseball in Oakland in 2021, assuming the pandemic doesn't get better or worse by February or March, because you got to sell tickets. So February, March is where I'm going with on that one. Uh, And I know that's a lot to assume. It could get better. It could get worse. We don't know. Maybe it gets worse and then it gets better or vice versa. Uh, There's uncertainty abound. Um, But I'm sticking with what we know right now. And that is that 20% capacity appears to be okay. And for the A's, that would be 9,373.4 people per game uh, based on their own capacity. Um, maybe they could go go all the way up to 9,400 fans in a game because of all that sweet talking they did to Governor Newsom in their statement. Uh, I mean, it's only you know uh, 27 people. Uh, sorry, 26.6 people. Um, so I mean, it's not like it's that big of a deal. I I wouldn't imagine. So let's just say the A's can have 9,400 fans in their ballpark for uh, at the beginning of 2021. Maybe it gets better as the season progresses. But going with what you know 
off the bat, off the bat. Uh, there will definitely be some more anime people about going to baseball games immediately. I posted a poll on Twitter and uh, it is very split between who's going to be going on opening day, no matter what uh, people that are waiting for, um, you know, results on COVID and like seeing how the pandemic's going and people that are waiting for a vaccine. It's uh, roughly 33% for each of those. And uh, that, that's interesting to me. I thought that it would be uh, more one way or the other. I didn't know which one, but uh, you know, Interesting nonetheless. People are at varying stages of uh, COVID concern right now. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of things to take into consideration as to whether or not uh, each person is going to want to go to a baseball game. Like, what are the uh, the precautions that the A's are going to be taking to make sure that their fans are safe, uh, socially distanced and all that stuff, uh, mask requirements, all these good things. Um, and we don't have those details, so I'm not going to focus on that for right now. Uh, not the, the health aspect of fans being allowed in the stands. I'm going to instead... Uh, pivot a little bit over to the financial aspect of it because it's the A's offseason and during the offseason I get very excited about who's coming to the A's uh, potentially so I'm going to focus on that real quick uh, on Monday I said that John Fisher should spend money just because uh, he he has it and he should and I would really appreciate that um, that's not exactly my reasoning my reasoning was uh, the A's can opt out of their TV deal in 2023 and uh, it, the best way to get a better TV deal if you want to opt out in just three seasons is you got to put ratings on the board and that's what they got to do. So in order to do that, you got to put on a, a, a better show for the fans and create new fans, create fans that uh, tune in more often and all that stuff. So um, with this announcement that fans are going to be in the stands, the marketing team can now focus on how to sell out each game to their new capacity, which shouldn't be terribly hard. It's half of what they did in 2019 per game. So uh, just make sure that you can get all of those and make them, you, you got you to make people spend as much money as possible. Obviously, that's how uh, ownership makes money. And uh, I know that that's uh, heartless and whatnot, but you know, that's the nature of the game. And that's what I'm, that's all I'm saying. So with this announcement that fans will be allowed in the stands, if you can bank on 9,400 people making it to each and every baseball game that the A's put on in 2021, at least 9,400, if that, capacity maybe they get 25 percent capacity by that time because uh california is doing a good job who's to say uh, but if you can bank on at least this much then you have some sort of a fixed revenue stream where you're like oh we get you know 40 dollars per person in attendance and then you can bake that into how you can pay for different things like uh putting a team on the field and stuff like that so i think that it could help figure out the finances and how the a's can move forward this offseason maybe they won't be as financially strapped as uh, you know, we, we were concerned about, uh, again, with the A's, everything's on the table. Maybe they don't spend any money. Maybe they trade everybody. It'd be a terrible idea, but you know, maybe, maybe that's what happens. But, uh, I think that there is a way that you can make it where you're like, okay, maybe they cut a little bit or, you know, increase a little bit, but they, they now kind of know what their revenues could be for 2021. Uh, I think you got to focus on that TV money uh, in, you know, just a couple of years. So you put a little bit in now, you get a lot more down the line in just a couple of years. And so that's something that I would be concerned about if I was John Fisher. And just knowing that you're not going to be having to pay for everything out of pocket may provide some sort of solace in uh, making him make those purchases or, you know, uh, not buy those players, but, you know, buy the services of some better baseball players that could, you know, fill some gaps and whatnot. So uh, maybe I'm being too hopeful. I don't know. There's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about this offseason, and this is uh, definitely going to be one of them is 
RBA is going to spend money. Here's how they can kind of balance the books and all that stuff. And uh, actually, I'm going to be doing some of that here in the second half when I talk about how the A's could go after Francisco Lindor. And this one comes with a big caveat. They could do it without spending a ton of money to do so. So uh, stay locked in with Locked on A's. I'll be right back. Today's show is brought to you guys by the best tasting protein bar ever, and that's Built Bar. The new and improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They have six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They also got their original 12 flavors, banana bread, surprisingly good, actually. I uh, didn't know how I'd feel about that one, covered in chocolate and in a protein bar form, but as always, they, they, they covered it in chocolate, which, you know, s nice selling point, obviously. Uh, and then it's soft and easy to chew. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Kind of hard to go wrong with all that. And also, you can't go wrong with Built Bar because all of their bars are built for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Their bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. So to get your hands on some of these delicious Built Bars, all you got to do is go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On. That is one word, Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Also, they haven't told me to stop saying this, so I'm going to say it. Free cooler with purchase. You get a little cooler for your little bars. You can walk around the house with your bars in a nice little cooler. Uh, it says while supplies last. I haven't been told that they don't, so uh, check it out for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, that's one word, LOCKEDON, and you get 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe to the show wherever you like shows and podcasts and all that stuff. Um, also, please make sure that you follow us on social media, at LOCKEDONA's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to our mailbag at LOCKEDONAthletics at gmail.com. Um, I created a stir last night. Not a, I, I had a few people engaging with me and be like, what? Um, I, I don't know that that's actually how they sound, but in my head, it was fun. Um, I was talking to Jeff Ellis, who is the host of the Locked on Indians podcast. And uh, he was like, hey, do you guys kind of want to trade for Francisco Lindor? I was like, I don't know. That'd be nice. What, what's he do next year? Like, what are you thinking? And so we started talking about trading for Francisco Lindor, bringing him to Oakland, putting him in some white cleats, some green and gold attire, and uh, seeing how that would come about. So um, he was asking for a little bit of a high prospect return in my eyes, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe. We'll see. I'm, I'm going to lay it out there for you guys and uh, see what you guys think. So let me know at Locked on A's on Twitter and uh, all that stuff. So after Jeff Ellis reached out to me, I basically did what any A's fan would do. I'm like, how much does he do next year? Because I knew that he had one one more year left until he hits free agency. So he's in his last year of arbitration. And the projections have him at around $20 million for 2021, which is a decent salary. Uh, that is a, uh, a big number for the A's, obviously. And uh, he said that Cleveland would probably take on Piscotty's deal to help out with the money a little bit. And, uh, you know, if that's the case, Stephen Piscotty is due roughly uh, $7.6 million for 2021 and 2022. And then he has a team option at $15 million with a $1 million buyout. Um, so if you just take the 2021 numbers, it, obviously over the course of the contract, 
it evens out perfectly, but you only get one year of Francisco Lindor. They could have uh, two years of Steven Biscotti. Okay, it, it wouldn't even out perfectly, but it'd be close. Uh, and plus you get Francisco Lindor. So if you have just those two players in a straight up deal, which is not the case, obviously, but if you had just those two players, then you'd go from $20 million or roughly so because arbitration and projections and whatnot, it could be higher, could be lower, but I'm, I'm saying 20 and then you subtract Piscotti's number, then you're looking at $13.4 million added to A's payroll. And uh, I, I know that, you know, that's a lot of money to be adding to the A's payroll, but for a player of Lindor's caliber, if you're paying him roughly $13.4 million for one year, that is a steal on Francisco Lindor. Uh, obviously, it's going to take some other players to get that uh, across the finish line and all that stuff. And I want to talk about that here in just one second. But I do want to focus on the money aspect because I know that that's probably the big turnoff for a lot of A's fans. So here is how I'm making peace with this in my head. There, there's been some talk that maybe the A's would offer Marcus Simeon a qualifying offer uh, to keep him around for one more year and just get that stopgap year uh, at shortstop until Nick Allen could be potentially ready. Um, that the qualifying offer this year is $18.9 million or roughly a million dollars less than what Lindor is projected to receive. That number could also be a little bit less. According to MLB trade rumors, I'm going with their median. So uh, $20 million. Uh, it, it could also be like $17 million. And then you're looking really good at that point. Um, so if you're going to spend the money at shortstop anyway, would you rather have Simeon or Lindor? And added quote-unquote bonus would be that with Lindor, you could also extend him the qualifying offer after the 2021 season. And then he'd definitely reject it. Uh, but then the A's draft compensation for losing him would be greater than if the A's made the same offer to Simeon and he rejected the qualifying offer this year. Uh, they would just get a better pick is what I'm saying there. Um, or slew of picks. Um, I got to read up on my qualifying offer stuff. They changed the rules last year and it, uh, it messed with me. I knew those. Um, anyways. So yeah, uh, that is one reason that it could make a little bit more sense because you get a some of that long-term asset back as well when Lindor does depart via free agency. Obviously, the counter uh, to that would be you're just kicking the can down to 2022 on when you have to figure out who's going to be playing shortstop. Maybe that's Nick Allen. If uh, the A's don't trade him, which he, he was asked for, definitely. I'll get into here in just one sec. But from the standpoint of uh, the qualifying offer and all that stuff, I think that it makes a lot of sense, personally. Uh, you, you'd be paying Simeon roughly the same amount of money. You get a better return when they leave via free agency. Uh, I, I, I like the idea. And also, uh, the amount that Simeon would be getting wouldn't be as great in this offseason if he departs via free agency after getting a qualifying offer as it could be for Lindor following a non-COVID season and more of a regular offseason with regular trans transactions and, uh, you know, more money being spent because we know what's on the horizon a little bit better in the 2021 offseason than we do uh, as of, you know, right now in like a week when the offseason actually starts. So I think that that's definitely a factor that they could consider if they were offered this deal or, you know, they were in discussions with uh, Cleveland about this deal. So uh, it would definitely take a, a nice little package to land Francisco Lindor because he's a solid player. Uh, he's also a gold glover, a silver slugger, and a four-time all-star. So he's got a nice little resume and he's a switch hitter, which helps the A's lineup a lot. Uh, he, the A's had a bunch of troubles uh, with getting lefties and righties and all that stuff. You throw a switch hitter at the top of the lineup and uh, he sets the table for the rest of these big bashers that the A's gotten. I enjoy that quite a bit, if I'm being honest. 
So back to the trade proposal here. Uh, Jeff Ellis was like, I think it'd be a shockingly cheap return for Francisco Lindor. And then he just threw out these names. And I'm like, that's not cheap, man. But okay. Uh, he His sticker price that his, his first offer was Nick Allen, Dalton Jeffries, Stephen Biscotti, and maybe a throw-in of like Chad Pender or Sheldon Noisy. And uh, that, that seems like a decent amount. I know that Piscotti, they might move him anyway. Um, and he's due money, which actually is a nice reason to move him. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Nick Allen is the hang-up in this one for me. Um, I, I think that we'd like to hold on to Chad Pender. Maybe Sheldon Noisy can be movable. I don't know. Um, but I think that Nick Allen is the hang-up from my point of view because... After their one year with Francisco Lindor, who's going to be playing shortstop for the A's? Uh, how well did Logan Davidson progress in this COVID season? Basically, do the A's have other options that could be available in 2022 to take over shortstop? Um, and really, I, I don't know because everything was on lockdown and we don't know how these players performed in the secondary site. So maybe Logan Davidson had a killer 2020. We just don't know about it. Um, so that that's... Something to keep in consideration if they do trade Nick Allen, maybe they have high hopes for Logan Davidson or they have an, another plan down the line or they're just kicking the can down the road. One of those three things. Uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if one of Jeffries, Holmes or Caprillian gets moved just because there's three of them. And, uh, you know, if you got to if you have a chance at Francisco Lindor and it takes one of those guys, sure, go ahead. Um, I know that I said around the deadline that Chad Pender would probably be that he could be expendable. But after his postseason and the uncertainty surrounding the middle infield in 2021, I'm not sure that he's necessarily on the trade block right now. Uh, that said, his value is the highest it's ever been if they were going to trade him. And uh, after his postseason heroics, maybe this is going to be a sell high point for the A's. Uh, this is what they do. So who knows? Uh, Sheldon Noisy is a solid player, but I get the sense that the A's may have lost some of their confidence in him this past season. And, uh, if they didn't, he would have definitely been called up to the major league team when Matt Chapman went down. So uh, I, I think that he's probably expendable at this point if the right trade comes along. Uh, then Jeff of Locked On uh, Indians, he threw in another wrinkle for this trade. And uh, he's not positive that the Indians are going to be going to pick up Brad Hand's $10 million option. Brad Hand is their closer, you guys. You know what else the A's need? A friggin' closer. And he's a good one, too. Uh, he hasn't been great in his limited postseason experience, but, you know, whatever. That's fine. Uh, he's been very good in the regular season. Um, I think that if they offered the A's Hand and Lindor for a package similar to the one that I just went over those guys, uh, then there would definitely be some in-depth talks for both teams. Um, I think that that could definitely be a trade that works out. Francisco Lindor would solve the A's shortstop conundrum in the short term, and Brad Hand solidifies the bullpen a little bit, making him the closer for a relatively modest sum. Uh, he's a high strikeout, low walk guy, and already doesn't allow that many long balls to throw him in the Coliseum. He, he's probably going to be even better, so I like that aspect. Uh, that's definitely a combo that the A's could be going after this winter. But going back to the money, if you add hand into this deal, all of a sudden you're looking at $23.4 million added to the roster and uh, that you still have a couple of bullpen spots you need to fill, second base, maybe another starting pitcher, and uh, the A's would probably have to cut some money from elsewhere on the club as well. So uh, balancing the books is going to be an interesting game that the A's play this, this winter, I think, personally. Um, so... I, obviously, if they trade Piscotti, it's going to be in some sort of a deal to uh, relieve some money or maybe add some talent like Francisco Lindor. I went over some of the non-tender and trade candidates last week, but 
the biggest contract that the A's currently have is Chris Davis, and he is due roughly $16.8 million. It's slightly less, but not by a lot. Um, if the A's were able to move him somehow, then all of a sudden there's only $6.6 million added to the payroll. Uh, if you if you trade uh, Chris Davis for low-level prospects or something like that and uh, get something for the future, then you're looking at $6.6 million for Francisco Lindor and Brad Hand, and uh, you got some some room to work with there. You could fill up the rest of those spots for $15 million or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, that that's how that goes. In my head, uh, obviously, maybe uh, John Fisher does want to take my advice and spend a little bit more money than the roughly $100 million he usually does. Maybe he wants to go up to 120 or 130 or something like that and put out the, be- the most competitive team that he can uh, because people are still going to be at home next year to start the season, and he can get those television ratings up and cash in on that one in just a couple more years. Uh, There could be many millions of dollars, maybe even a billion dollars. I don't know how big the A's TV deal is going to be, but uh, he could definitely add to it if he gets some better ratings here in the next couple of years. So putting a better team on the field, step one in that process for sure. And before I get out of here, I know that adding Lindor and maybe even Brad Hand is a definite long shot, but there are ways to make it happen. All the while, you can even out your ledger and all that stuff. So I think that that's what the goal should be is add some more top tier talent and, uh, you know, get rid of some of the other guys that, you know, the non-tender candidates, if you will, and uh, see what you can build from there. Uh, If John Fisher is open to spending just a little bit of extra money over the next few seasons, then the A's wouldn't need to make salary cuts elsewhere. So uh, this is going to be a very interesting offseason, as I've said many, many times over the last couple of weeks. So uh, make sure that you guys subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B. And uh, you can stay up to date with all the Oakland A's goings on in baseball this offseason. So uh, do all those things. Uh, anyways, that's going to be it for me today, you guys. So enjoy your Wednesday. I'll be back shortly talking about Rob Manfred's comments on Tuesday and some game one of the World Series takes. So until then, stay indoors, celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.